0: Are there nerds here tonight? Nerds! You are a part of the Lucky 10,000, with your host, Evan. Being a nerd, it's not about what you love, it's about how you love it. Hey guys, this is the Lucky 10,000, attempting this again. Uh, With a special in-between season episode, what I've decided to do is, since my podcast is seasonal... And it's always fun to talk to people about specific topics. What's also fun to me about podcasting in general is just talking to people. Just anybody you want to talk to, ask them any question you want to. Also kind of gives you an excuse to hang out with friends sometimes. But so this is a special episode. And my guest for this episode is someone I've known for 20 years. I think the first time we met was 1996. So we old as shit. But uh, her name is Jennifer Connor. And she has a really cool podcast that I think you guys should listen to. It's probably got more listeners than this one, so I don't know how effective this is going to be for her. (laughs) But I did want to ask her about how she came to this point in her life, how she started podcasting. And uh, I'll just go ahead and introduce her, the host of Divorced Like a Boss and all-around lovely and awesome person, Jennifer Morgan-Connor. Jennifer, how's it going?
1: (laughs) Hello, good. I love how you still add my middle name in. Uh,
0: (laughs) Just to make it official, just so people know exactly what, Jennifer, you are. and
1: that's 23 years if we met in 96. Yeah,
0: that's true. Wow, it was The Crucible. That was the first time i I ever met you. And I turned
1: 16 during that show. That's crazy. That's insane.
0: That's (laughs) crazy. And now I'm going to be 43
1: next year, I think. And your daughter is how old?
0: (sighs) Almost 16. There you go. Oh, my God.
1: that's crazy that is nuts yeah but
0: anyway um so what i wanted to talk to you on the show about is you have this podcast called divorced like a boss mm-hmm. and this led this this started really with you becoming a life coach mm-hmm. and i've always wanted to get you into podcasting because i always thought you could do a good job with it we even <laughs> almost had a podcast once and we recorded one episode and then both were just like i don't fucking do this <laughs> i got too much else going on
1: yeah yeah the whole podcast idea was around for a long time and i never really like landed on exactly what i wanted to talk about and then
0: yeah because we were going to do one about just kids in general and
1: parenting, and,
0: parenting. And, and we had yeah, one that like, was, a, it was being, fun yeah
1: basically being kind of a, Unconventional parents. Yeah, or Pinterest. I always was calling it Pinterest-free
0: parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was going to be the name of the yeah. podcast, wasn't it? <laughs> Although we probably couldn't have called it Pinterest. Probably not anymore. And know. also, like for the for some reason at the time, I was so much about podcasting. I wanted to have like four or five going at once. Yeah. And now I'm like, God, no! I can barely handle two.
1: I was about to say, I don't even know how you have two. I have one, and I actually have a producer that I work with yeah. that does all of the editing and all of that <laughs> stuff. So. um yeah, so I don't – there in any way that I could do, too, I don't think. Yeah, I, I guess, you know.
0: If you love something enough. love
1: it, yeah. And I
0: have really nothing else in life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you're right. I'm
0: kidding. Um, But what I wanted to talk to you about, hey, before we even get to the podcast, is years ago you became a life coach, or that, mm-hmm. at least that was your desire to become a yeah. life coach. Yeah. Um. You are a divorced person, and uh, I think you realize. And you, you've always had, at least outwardly to me, a very positive, like enthusiastic, energetic approach to things. You're very good about, maybe not necessarily interiorly all the time, because I think we all have our own anxieties. But you've always been very good about figuring out how to look at the positives and things. Mm-hmm. So, what led you? And also, how do you become a life coach?
1: Okay. Wow. Where do we begin? <laughs> okay, so for it was me, a foggy evening in yes. nineteen seventy five. So seven we'll we'll have to at least start back. Like seven years ago is when I went through my own divorce mm-hmm. and it was kind of a blind side came out of nowhere, like the marriage and I thought the marriage was great until it wasn't. Um, and I had one-year-old twins at the time. And so, um, that was really like, luckily I was very into personal development. I was already like kind of a nerd with self-help and stuff like that. And, and always have wanted to stay positive and and everything, but that obviously threw, <clears throat> throws you for a loop a little bit. Um, and so, but luckily I had kind of that background already and so
0: yeah what is that background where where do you where do you is it so did you do something in in college or no
1: I got really when I joined I did a multi-level marketing company and I did yeah and I did that for years and years and one of their big things was like every day do personal development and I had never even I had heard of quote-unquote self-help books but Mm -hmm. I had never heard it referred to as personal development Mm -hmm. and it was like 10 minutes a day of personal development was part of your like power hour that you were supposed to do to like help build your business. And what does that mean to
0: you, personal development?
1: Self-betterment, like working on you internally and your emotions and your thoughts. And, um, you know, it could have also been like sales books and things like that, but, um, but yeah, so I was really into that and really kind of, figuring out i don't know kind of where how we become the people we are Mm -hmm. and and how we let things affect us and so thankfully because i was already kind of into that um when everything was going wrong in my marriage i was immediately like i gotta talk to somebody like i I,
0: (laughs) so you had kind of a spine for how to deal with it without even realizing i can't
1: can't deal with this like i'm going crazy Mm -hmm. i've got to talk to someone so i um works with a therapist and everything. And then, then I fell like just even deeper down the rabbit hole because I told my therapist when I showed up, I was like, I'm either going to be your best client or your worst client. And it's going to be for the same reason. Yeah. And it's that I love to geek out and study and learn mm-hmm. and therefore self-diagnose. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs>
0: so, We all do that. I know I do.
1: So really, I would say the first, um, the book that really turned things around for me, um, it's called the happiness trap, and it's by Russ Harris, and it's a it's based on actual therapy method, um, mm. acceptance and commitment therapy. It's pronounced
0: ACT. Yeah, that was that was actually one of my first questions that I should have addressed earlier. Is is how much of what you do self coaching or, or not self coaching, but life coaching? is therapeutically based. Like how do you get to that point? Well, You're not a therapist. No, but I am not a therapist.
1: No, I'm not a therapist. And I guess the the main difference between that I like to tell people between a life coach and a therapist is that a therapist is usually trying to medically diagnose right. you. Um and also very, very heavily focused on the past mm-hmm. and why things are now the way they are. Mm-hmm. Whereas with life coaching, and this is kind of what um Kind of skipping ahead when I discovered life coaching because I always thought, I always thought that life coaching was like, the lamest thing like yeah. like who needs a coach for life like it, it, i don't get that it sounds like
0: a buzzword it, it sounds, sounds like corporate so
1: speak. stupid yeah. i mean i admit it like i call myself a divorce coach right yeah. now a lot of times i'll still say a life life and divorce coach because like people either a do not know what it mean, mm-hmm. means at all or they think they know what it means and it's lame yeah um so <laughs> mm. um But the way that I kind of fell down that rabbit hole is I discovered that book on acceptance and commitment therapy. And a lot of that was based on how your thoughts that you don't have to like forget what happened Mm -hmm. to you in the past, but you can actually just live with it. And it's kind of neutralized, Yeah, which was a huge relief for me. It sounds like it's not like a big aha, but it was a huge aha for me at the moment where I was like, oh, so like. I don't have to fight with this to like get rid of all of the painful memories. I just have to get rid of the painful right. portion. Like the pain that's associated with them. So the right. memories can still be there. And so then I started falling down the rabbit hole more of like, okay, so this is where you are now. What do you do to work your you know, work with your mind and your emotions to have a better future. And come to find out, that's what life coaches do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and
0: uh, how long have you been a life coach, you would say?
1: Um. Well, I've been certified life coach for a year. What um, does that entail? Well, I, so here's the thing. You can do, so life coaching is a lot like personal training in that, like, you could become, a, you could decide today, you could say, I'm a personal trainer or mm-hmm. I'm a life coach. hmm And, you know, you might go work for a gym or something as a personal trainer and they might require you to have a certification. But what certification do they require you to have? I mean, it's like you can get a certification in a day or you can get a certification that requires all this testing and whatever. So life coaching is an unregulated industry. So there's that aspect to it, too, which is like can be seen as a negative because there are people out there that can literally just wake up today and be like, hey, I'm a life coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the positive about it is because it's unregulated too, that's another big difference with therapy is like there are things that therapists like they have specific yeah. guidelines that they have to follow to do certain, everything a certain way. And I just don't believe that everybody is built the same way. Right. That everyone operates the same way.
0: I, I agree. And,
1: yeah. um, and I think there's a place for both. Like, I, um, still think therapy is amazing. Mm-hmm. I still take it. <clears throat> excuse me. I still take an antidepressant. Like, Not you too. um, you know, so there's medicine where medicine is necessary and, and, and the medical side of things where it's necessary. But then, for me, what was so cool about life coaching is that that future focus of like, okay, well, something shitty happened, mm-hmm. but it's over. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to keep playing in that dirty diaper, then you,
0: you can pick I remember four, I do actually know? listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just like, yeah, this chick yeah. out his this podcast. I'll talk to her about it. I, and, and if you guys are listening to this and you want to check it out, it's good. I like to listen to it when I'm walking because the, the episodes are typically about 20 minutes. It's usually just Jennifer talking and about a different topic. In a roundabout way, having to do with divorce, getting past divorce. Mm-hmm. I think we made the joke on our podcast that your podcast was about trying to How convince to get people divorced. to get divorced.
1: Somebody, so, or yeah, you said trying to convince people. Somebody asked me the other day if that, if what I did was um, help people to get divorced. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 you come to me after that. Is that well, right? the show is
0: called Divorce Like a Boss. And yeah. it's, it's funny. In pre- In preparation for this interview, I did some research and it turns out that a majority of employers are divorced. Yeah. I'm kidding.
1: I would, I would, <laughs> no, I would, I would venture to guess that a majority of high level. Um, so your podcast is really people, about helping
0: CEOs get through divorce. No, I'm just kidding.
1: It's not, but it is. Um, That is kind of, you know how everybody kind of has their client avatar, mm-hmm. like their person that sort of, mm-hmm. gra- the people that gravitate to me are generally their They're me from seven mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. They're like, go-getter people that like are used to being able to fig- figure this shit out on their own and then they're suddenly like oh like this like this storm came and just mm-hmm. ripped their life apart and they don't have time for that was that one of the <laughs> hardest
0: aspects for you is not because i mean obviously divorce is is it's never easy and i feel like these days because it happens so often people just kind of like yeah they're there for you they're sympathetic mm-hmm. but they kind of just dismiss it It's like, yeah, yet another person I know is getting a divorce. I know it's difficult, Mm -hmm. but it's not the same thing to them, especially if they've never been through it as, say, losing a relative or something. But it is traumatic, especially if you don't see it coming.
1: I mean, I tell people all the time, uh, especially when I was in the really painful stages stages of it, it felt like. My husband had died, Mm -hmm. but I had to keep seeing his ghost all the
0: time. Especially with kids. You can't just cut the cord and just move away and never talk to each other again.
1: Exactly. And, um... Yeah. So that to me was like, yeah, it's like, okay, so somebody died and we had the funeral and we did the mourning thing. But then a week later, we're going to have is, to do it yeah, all yeah, again. Every time you And that's, that's kind of how it felt. And um,
0: it, was that the biggest part though, is that not just the fact that the, the love was gone from, or that that type of love that would keep a marriage together was gone. Mm-hmm. It's just the trauma of everything changing at once. Mm-hmm. One day your life is one thing and the next day is well, something completely different.
1: Yes. And I would say it really is trauma. Yeah. Like I actually was diagnosed with PTSD. <laughs> I, I,
0: I totally get it. And
1: um and it is there is trauma involved. And I think um I it's kind of hard to it's it's not that I, I would say that part of it, the trauma part of it mm-hmm. for me was the part that helped me avoid dealing with my mm-hmm. feelings. I think that's what a lot
0: of people do. That's
1: what I did. Is like, so I've been divorced for seven years, but I didn't like really discover that book or get into the life coaching side of things until like four years later. I mean, I was already remarried and everything, and it was like my life had finally slowed down. Got divorced seven years ago, but didn't really like. I had already. It was like you thought
0: you had dealt with it.
1: I did. I was still going to therapy, and um and doing all of that. And that's great and all, but it really wasn't until my, I, like I said, I was remarried and everything. So it's like, I had it for all intents and purposes. I had quote unquote moved on, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it wasn't until, uh, my ex-husband asked me about doing 50, 50 custody of our kids that like my world kind of, came shattering down around me because it opened up like this whole mm-hmm. it was one of those things where it was like I thought it was a scar but it was really a scab yeah <laughs> and, I, and I opened, totally
0: understand that it
1: opened everything back up for me and, and I it was,
0: wasn't really about what he was asking for it was about that for whatever reason that triggered all the stuff that you would
1: it was all of it yeah, yeah it was like why well, I wouldn't even be in this position if you know like so it's just like so many things that came up. And so that's what really inspired me to uh, delve a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I just got so I got so many good results from the life coaching aspect mm-hmm. of things, even though it's called life coaching. And I thought that was lame still.
0: Well, you <laughs> like sort got, of specialize in the divorce aspect. because right, something so, you've been through. But I
1: went to life coach school not knowing what I wanted to focus right. on. Um, and so you had asked me about certifications and stuff. And so I got certified through what's literally called the life coach school Mm -hmm. with Brooke Castillo. Um, it's very reputable and it's, it's an amazing program. It's basically like going to grad school. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it was a week in person in Dallas and then three months of peer, like almost like lab groups where Mm -hmm. you had like 10 peer coaching group people, and you had to do all of these requirements, and you had to do a certain number of uh, sessions, and they Mm -hmm. were all recorded, and then you had to get them evaluated. Well, that's actually,
0: that's, that's really cool to hear, because I think the other problem was, like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. anybody can just say there's something, go online, and like pay 20 bucks, and Mm -hmm. get this little thing that they can put in the picture frame, Mm -hmm. but I think it really helps to know that you actually did. Like some pretty in-depth hardcore studying in order to do this. You didn't wake up one day and say, I'm a life coach now. And I'm going to tell people or at least try and help people through their stuff. When you have the added combination of having been through it, Mm -hmm. going to therapy for it, all that's in your arsenal. But Mm -hmm. then you took a class where people said, this is how you use the talents that you have. And And they
1: were not, I mean, I know several coaches that had their Stuff rejected, and they had to redo it. Yeah, like it wasn't like they were terrible coaches, but that they just you know they that's
0: always like, a good sign. You know, because yeah, you know and there is that whole thing about because uh, I know what multi level marketing service you used to do. Yeah, because I was a part of it too. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and say because you were uh, great at it. Like I could easily see that you were one of those people that they would want to have on board, but they never really said no to anyone. Right. It was kind of like if you oh, pay the sure. fee. You're a coach now. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah that's kind of sure. not how it should work because some people are just not going to be good at it. Right. Yeah. Especially definitely. in that arena where it was fitness. And there were some people I'm like, you should not be coaching <laughs> class on fitness. You <laughs> weren't well, one of them. I
1: was going to say, well, I mean, I have like five fitness certifications. <laughs> so I had that before I even started with them. But. But and that's actually also one of my favorite parts about working with my personal training clients in Maybe. my former life when I used to do fitness stuff. It was the mindset piece and how it's like so not related as much to the weights you're lifting and mm-hmm. the food you're eating as it is to like what you think about yourself mm-hmm. and and all of that. And um, so they uh the life coach school, though, they for the certification program. And then it's like a whole nother year after to like the three months. And then like a whole nother year after that, Mm -hmm. that you're doing, you know, turning in requirements and stuff. And I am a nerd, like (laughs) straight A's for life, literally. And I think this was the hardest program that I've done because I couldn't just, it's not black and white. It's not black and white. Yeah. It's not black and white. It's not, um, you know, there's not like a, a, Definite answer. It's mm-hmm. all like, and you don't know ever what you're gonna get, and that's mm-hmm. one of the cool things too about like when I coach my clients. Like, I have no idea what they're gonna right. get on there and talk about. um So a lot of what they taught you was like critical, almost like critical thinking, mm-hmm. and like here's some guidelines, and this is like.
0: But each case model, is going to be completely but, yeah. different,
1: and you might give one client a piece of advice and give a different client th- th- that had the same outward mm-hmm. issue. A totally different piece of advice. Mm-hmm. So. Well, here's the other
0: thing. And this is what I want to get into before we get into the podcast itself. Yeah, yeah. About you personally. Mm-hmm. Because like I say, I've known you for a long time. But it wasn't until about two or three years ago we really sat down and talked like real shit. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like about you is you are empathetic. You will listen. But you also don't coddle. You're not mean, but you're like, <laughs> look, yes. I, I hear what you're saying. But dude, fucking get over it. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's time to progress. But also until we started getting a little bit closer in that regard, I didn't realize because your outward attitude is usually one of positivity and you're funny and you're joking all the time. I don't think I knew until a few years ago that you were on antidepressants. Now really is that part of that is our and I think it's a really cool thing that you can sit here and you can say, Look, I can help you as much as I can with your life, but just know that like I have shit too. Like I do have yeah. anxiety and I do have depression issues and it's stuff that that it's honestly would make me want to use you as a life coach <laughs> even more because you know what it's like not just necessarily maybe because mm-hmm. of the divorce but just in general to be at that point where you're you know how hard it can be to battle back from those feelings sometimes yeah. does life coaching help you deal with your own issues so
1: that's the thing is i didn't get um uh, I didn't have depression until it was postpartum depression, and then it just kind of decided to take up shop. And it I knew probably, nothing about that, but I probably I've heard it took convenient. up shop because, you know, like a year
0: later yeah. was when
1: my divorce happened and life blew up. That's, a, that's I a big knew
0: double whammy. It,
1: you know, and so I was actually weaning myself off of them when all that happened, and I was like, "Ner, time. And how hardcore
0: does postpartum depression get?
1: Oh, it was. Awful, And I think everybody has a different story and I didn't really identify mine until, um, cause I, I always thought it meant that you wanted to hurt your right. baby and I didn't want to hurt my kids. Right. I just wanted to die. Oh,
0: that's... Like I
1: didn't want to kill myself, but right. I wanted something to happen to me yes. so that I would be gone. Like I was like daydreaming about what if that car hit me? Yeah, or, What if whatever and I'm like, eh, something's not quite right <laughs> with that frame of mine. And a friend of um mine, you might remember Emily from back yeah, in the I day. Do. We're Facebook friends. She had um messaged me. I had my boys in May. She had messaged me that February through Facebook. We're, you know, just Facebook friends these days. And um, and just casually offhand was like, Yeah, and if you ever deal with postpartum depression, I'm kind of the poster child for that. Mm. And so I sent her a message on Facebook and I was like, Will you tell me what yours was like? Yeah. Because I feel like something's not right, right, but I don't know. And then I explained it to her and she was like, You need to call your doctor today. Right. And they got me in. I mean, you know, because people do kill themselves and, and hurt their children and stuff when they're dealing with it. And now, being
0: the nerdy person that you are, uh-huh. you've probably done a lot of research on this just out of curiosity. How common is it?
1: Uh, that I don't know. Um, I know that it can happen a lot. I know it's very common with multiples because mm-hmm. it's so hormonal mm-hmm. and it's like your whole body's just thrown off. And that's where I remember talking to my doctor when I first got put on antidepressants It's I, I was like, I logically know that everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I logically know that I'm going to get through this that this is just how it is with new kids. I like that. I have family in town and I have support Absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, and, and he, he interrupted me. He was like, logic doesn't come into play with this. Like right. it doesn't matter what you logically know. And so, and
0: that's the same thing, which is generalized anxiety yes, and depression. Yes. I was diagnosed clinically depressed probably about three or four years ago. And I've always known I had anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think anyone that knows me really well knows I have anxiety. <laughs> but it's that thing where it's almost like there's two sections of your brain. Mm-hmm. The section in the front is going, this is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're freaking out about, there's here's A, B, and C, the rational way to handle mm-hmm. it. But then that voice in the back is yeah. just so much louder.
1: Yeah, It's like, get the fuck
0: out of the way. Everything's awful. Yes. You know?
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, and different people have different, Thoughts on medication and all of that, and I've gone on it and off it and mm-hmm. done different stuff like that. And I got to the space where, like, if it's work, like if if I'm feeling the normal highs and the normal lows, like I still have.
0: Of plenty. course you do. I mean, yeah. I have an eye
1: tick right now because I've been dealing with stress. But like, you know, it's not like a magic.
0: No, pill. no, not at all. And
1: so, to me, for me. The antidepressant to, like, balance out the levels Mm -hmm. just, like, in my body, the physiology side of it. And then the life coaching really helps me deal with the voice. The, like...
0: It's kind of funny. I feel like I'm usually pretty good at giving my friends advice that I should be taking myself. Oh, yeah. you all are. you all are. And you feel the same way with the life. It's like you're telling people things that, like, not necessarily you can't do now, but maybe advice you wish you would have had. Then.
1: For sure. Like I try to practice what I preach now. Um I definitely, you know, I'm certainly not perfect, so but I You're
0: not This podcast is over. I know. I'm going I know. home. I
1: know. It's it's been disappointing to me as well. It was a recent discovery. Um <laughs> I made you choke on that one, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I'm certainly not perfect by any means, but you know, and I try to. I do my own self coaching, mm-hmm. and I work with coaches. So it's it's sort of like you know. Well, it's like, like thinking your a therapist hairs, shouldn't yeah, go to a therapist. Yeah, or like your hairstylist doesn't to yeah. cut her own hair. I mean, yeah. she might be able to, but it's a little difficult because you can't no, so see it from the same there's angle. There's crossover <laughs> there because
0: some hairstylists are like the best therapists ever.
1: Oh, <laughs> for real. Yeah.
0: I, I know because of the flowing locks that yes, I have as we speak.
1: Yes, but You must go to the hairstylist a lot. I do. That's what I it do. is. She
0: was the one that diagnosed me clinically feeling, depressed. I was
1: going to say, every time you're feeling anxious, you go get it cut <laughs> yeah. again. Just get it Just cut again. Just that one spot, yeah.
0: though. So now we get into the podcast. Yes. At what point did you say, I know enough about this, I could talk I know I can talk about this, and I know there are people out there that are not gonna necessarily discover me and hire mm-hmm. me to be a life coach. I can help people specifically yes. with divorce through this podcast.
1: So I was very um resistant to it. During the whole certification time, we were supposed to niche down, like mm-hmm. you pick your niche, niche, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, you know, just cause it helps you define your voice and everything. And it's like, people will come to you. I mean, I have clients now that aren't divorced, that we talk about their family relationships and their business and Mm -hmm. stress and all of that. So, you know, I attract you you can, I can work with people of any type, but it's, I picked divorce. Well, I was anti-divorce cause I was like, no, I I was kind of worried that I was going to like open up Mm -hmm. old wounds, which In and of itself, even if it had, that would have been a good thing. Yeah. I could have identified it. So I was just like, no, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. And then through the three month process, when I was doing my one on ones, uh, my free coaching, Mm -hmm. so that I could do the certification. And um, I had three people that, because I found all these people online that wanted the free coaching. Mm -hmm. And they, three of the like 18 that I worked with, were going through a divorce Mm -hmm. or had just finished going through a divorce. And it kind of like, it was the most empowering, amazing feeling. Like my, Rick, who you know is my husband, mm. but he, he always, he's like, did you just finish coaching? Cause like, I'm like on crack when really? I, like, <laughs> once I get off of a coaching call, it's like when you guys get off stage, yeah. I would imagine, yeah. you know, like I'm just like on the, like, I feel like, like, this is what I was meant to do. Yeah. It's so great. And I got off that first one that I had with a, with a woman that was, she was just devastated. And of course, we didn't fix the world's problems no, in an hour. Not. So she was still crying when the call was over, but I got off the call and I like went upstairs. I'm like, this is it. Like I, it was proof to me that I could hold the space mm-hmm. for her and not. We call it like not getting in the pool with them. Mm-hmm. Like you can be the lifeguard and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and and help them and keep them safe and, and hold that space for them. But you don't have to get in and swim in it, you know? Yeah. So. But I
0: also think that's essential. I think a lot of times, and you can talk to this too, because I've, i I'm a child of divorce. Mm-hmm. I went, technically went through three divorces. I only remember two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, then kind of got divorced myself. That's a whole other story. We weren't necessarily legally married, but it's the same emotional oh, for sure. But it's also that thing where... And
1: if there's a life coach out there that wants to focus on that, that would be an amazing niche. Yeah. Because the long-term adult relationship that isn't marriage, Mm -hmm. that's like a whole different... And, you know, the biggest difference is
0: it's actually... I look back on it and I kind of go, thank God we weren't legally married because we didn't have to go through the paperwork and the court systems and all that stuff. But we did have a child together. Mm-hmm. So it's not like that thing you can just say, Oh, we're not dating anymore. Yeah. I don't have to see this person anymore. But, right. but I also think that some of the things you said, I think are really important because everyone has pain about something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody's life has been absolutely one and been perfect except maybe Jigs.
1: Yeah. Your dog.
0: Um, but I think a lot of times what I've seen, especially with people going through something traumatic in their past is that they do resist delving into it because it's almost like, it's almost like staring at somebody with a knife about to cut you because mm-hmm. you know that pain is coming. Mm-hmm. And even if that cut releases something that you need, it's almost like having a boil. Yeah. If someone lances it, it's like, I would rather just not have you lance it because that looks like it's really going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I would rather just continue with the discomfort mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Because I think when you get to, the, to that moment where you're about to break through something, you feel it coming and you mm-hmm. feel that pain and you, I don't want to experience this, mm-hmm. but you kind of have to you got to get over that hump. You've got to have everything just out. And and I'm sure speaking to someone who's been through it and coached people through it once they get to that other side, it's like this whole other world has opened up.
1: Oh, for sure. And the better that you get with the um the be- the better that you get with your own personal self-coaching and it's like you kind of have that like there's that awareness where like after you've gotten upset Mm -hmm. about something you're like oh i shouldn't have gotten upset about that then there's that level of awareness where it's like while you're upset you catch it and then you start to get to that place where you catch it before you even let Mm -hmm. yourself go there and that's been like a really cool process and like obviously i i have been like know how to coach and have been coaching myself for a long time so um, I'm getting better and better at that, but like you see clients start to do it too, where they're like, I mean, just, do you, you- feel like you
0: want to push them? Like you're almost there, man, but you really can't. Cause that's kind of a delicate thing. Right? Oh
1: yeah, you can't at all. And that was something that we, like, we spent a lot of time on in certification, which was just basically like, you can't have an agenda, an agenda for the client. Mm-hmm. So let's say that like, I'm talking to someone who, um, is divorced and her husband was emotionally abusive to her and she's thinking about getting back together with mm-hmm. him. I could personally, Jennifer, the friend mm-hmm. would be like, no girl, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy. You fucking crazy. <laughs> um, but Jennifer, the coach has to help her. Basically my job is to help her see her own mind. Mm-hmm. So if she likes her reasons and she, thinks through it all the way and still decides that that's her decision. And I'm just there to like facilitate her thinking through Make the Make it process. as healthy as
0: possible. And, yeah. yeah. And
1: I mean, you know, and how many times
0: have happen. you seen, how many times have you seen people get to that precipice where you feel like they're about to have a breakthrough or an emotional breakthrough or something and then they back off. Does that happen more often than not? Oh,
1: all the time. And then it will come out in something stupid. Yeah. I'll give you a great example of this. So a client of mine who, um, I mean, just through the ring, I'm mean, married for over 30 years and I mean, it was a blindsiding divorce mm-hmm. and she's had to basically start her whole life over. She was a stay at home mom all those years oh. and now she's working like yeah. all this stuff is going on. And she like, I can always sense that she's just holding it together mm-hmm. And you know, no matter how many times I let her know how safe it is and that it's good, and that's to your get way that of not out, telling her whatever. to do it,
0: just saying if you do.
1: No, I don't even say that. It's just more of like, hey, you know, that's normal. Like if she'll mm-hmm. say something and it's like she'll be on the verge mm-hmm. of going somewhere with it, and I'll be like, that's totally normal. Of course, you yeah. feel that. She'd be like, I know I'm a terrible first person for thinking that, you know, and you're like, right. No, you're a human. And that's a defense
0: fast. mechanism, I'm sure. Yes. To be, to, to, I'm a terrible person because I think they'll give me the excuse to not explore. And
1: so one day, um, I do my coaching packages in three months at a time is mm-hmm. usually when I work with people. And we had already had maybe like five or so sessions, four or five sessions. And they'd gone well and we'd talk through stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, there's that wall. Um, of course. Even if they're not consciously aware that it's up. It's it's uh, I
0: think a lot of times the people aren't.
1: And then she's, then we start talking about her hobby and this um this project that she, I'm trying not to give details, even though this project that she wanted to complete, like a craft project. Mm-hmm. And that's what did it. This potholder
0: is like, she <laughs> got so figured out,
1: like she was afraid to finish it.
0: Weird. And
1: so I was like, that's interesting. You know, and we just kept talking through it, talking through it, talking through it. And it was like, she had all of this, like, she was projecting onto that right. project, like her self-worth, like, you know, what if it doesn't turn out as good as I right. want it to? And then I'll realize I'm not good at this. And da-da-da-da. And it was just like, she That's was putting all of this onto this project, which just really wasn't about the project. Right. It's
0: like the whole passive aggressive joke. It's an yeah. old joke about like, if you're upset with your wife about something, which you don't want to argue. And then one day you're at dinner, she just says, can you pass a salt? And you're like, fuck you.
1: Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> like that.
0: It's exactly like that. So, yeah. Um. Hey, guys, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And if you're really enjoying listening to the Lucky 10,000, then come on over to a podcast where nobody's ever getting lucky, ever. Here on the Lucky 10,000, you're here to learn. But with the Bearded Ones, we're here to make you laugh. And and maybe you'll learn something while you're laughing. Yeah, learn something, like, about Batman. <laughs> I mean, for we were on a stint of Matlock for a while. It was funny to me. The, hey, I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you sell it. Come anything. on over, listen to the Bearded One podcast. I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I'd be a shit salesman. <laughs> um, Come buy this car. I mean, I drove it once. You, yeah, would, probably, you probably wouldn't like. it Yeah, you don't want to. Do, you don't want to. I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, fuck this. Don't listen to Bearded One. <laughs> Come on, check us out, Bearded One's comedy podcast on the Bearded Pods Network. I knew that. I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, listening to the Lucky 10,000. You learn something new with every episode. And while you're here at the Bearded Pods Network, you might want to come and give us some pod love. We're Teddy and the Bass Man. We cover all sorts of subjects, speak with tons of interesting guests, and entertain you with a melange
1: of vintage commercials and jingles, and a whole plethora of eclectic music.
0: You might even learn something from us as well. It'll probably be about bondage, but... Teddy and the baseman so well and getting back to my you know you yeah. will have to know i'm all over the fucking when did the idea for a podcast come up
1: mm, i mean golly the idea for a podcast came up before i even knew what i was going to coach mm-hmm. on because i'm such an avid podcast listener and like talk about being a personal development nerd i mean there's so much out there mm-hmm. and that's how i discovered the life coach school was through brooke castillo's podcast and then like i discovered one day Brooke
0: Castillo? she's
1: the the creator and owner of the life coach school Okay, oh, she has the life coach school podcast um and it's it's awesome mm-hmm. you should totally listen yeah, <laughs> it's sure. really good and so um then there were like these other podcasts that i like listening to one like one was on weight loss one was one's called
0: of- the bearded ones one's yeah, called the one look like I- 10,000 i get it
1: <laughs> well i discovered one day i had to work a saturday mm-hmm. at the theater and and that was when, you know, it was like the phones were on and I just had to sit there. Yeah. So it was like, most of the day we just sat, I just sat there and like watched Netflix or whatever. And I started doing some research and I realized that three of the podcasts that were my absolute favorite podcasts were all certified through that school.
0: That's awesome.
1: And I was like, I didn't even know well, they were live posts yeah, because yeah, yeah. they were like, you know, they, they branded themselves in mm-hmm. a different way. So that's kind so of, you know, I'm. you can but talk. I, but I wanted to do podcasting because I love podcasts. I do too. I love performing, but Mm -hmm. I don't like dressing up Mm -hmm. or, um, I put on makeup most days, but I don't know. I'm I'm about to lose (laughs) the last one. You have a great natural girl next door.
0: Look, (laughs) don't worry about it.
1: But I mean, it's like, okay, so video is cool. And I used to do video and stuff back in the day, but like, I don't know. I just think it's fun. And
0: I think you're a natural for it. I really do. And I told you before we started recording that I have a lot of friends that podcast and I try Mm -hmm. and listen to, to, and support them as much as possible. But I think because of the length of your podcast, for one thing, Mm -hmm. I think because it is something that's not really done that much out there and your particular energy, it's actually a really easy listen. Mm -hmm. I even got like sort of a, a...
1: A breakthrough?
0: and uh aha? No. I got a backdoor uh, compliment. Not compliment, but mention on your show. I actually was going to bring you something as a present, and I completely forgot it and left it at home. Yes, it was
1: the the perfect way to illustrate that point. So I'm just
0: walking, and I'm sweating, and I hear, so this guy I know showed me this missile, and he was like, hey,
1: that's me. (laughs) And I think I even said I don't know. I don't know if he's going to hear this or if no. I listening.
0: did. I did. But it, so so doing this a podcast forum, when when I first heard you were going to do it, I was like, yes, of course, do it. She'll be great. Mm-hmm. But my biggest question was, are you going to have enough material? Because when I when mm-hmm. I listened to the first one and I realized the type of podcast it is mm-hmm. and what each episode is about, sort of a different aspect mm-hmm. of divorce. I'm like, this is awesome. But mm-hmm. how many of these episodes can she do?
1: Well, and, and I have had, uh, you know, plenty of times where, you know, the, the other part of my brain likes to freak out about mm-hmm. stuff and tell me like, you're going to run out of stuff. Yeah. But really and truly, it's all just this. It's all like life concepts mm-hmm. and I just tailor them towards divorce. Right. So like we talked about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. My episode this week was on forgiveness Well, I talked about forgiving your ex, but Mm -hmm. like... It really could apply to... But like, and really, I mean, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far into it. I'm like 18 episodes in, but, um, you know, I mean, you could literally do an episode on an emotion. Right. And like, there's just so many things that you, I mean, really anything that personal development wise that comes up, I can almost always, just like you always will relate things Mm -hmm. to your own personal experience when you're listening to it. I can read something or see something and be like, oh, that's so much like Mm -hmm. divorce. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, one of my episodes when I said it was like the movie Clue. Yeah. At the end of the movie Clue, you know, it's like, what does Clue have to do with divorce?
0: Really Um, nothing. Keep listening and you'll hear the time. (laughs) I'm glad you said that because I get the feeling that you're the kind of person that once you set your mind to do something, you're not. Because we have a, a mutual friend who I discovered did a podcast five, six years ago. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. She's a real fun person to listen to. I'll go listen to the podcast. It was two episodes, and then she mm-hmm. never did it again. Mm-hmm. You're not that type.
1: No, I committed to myself. I was like, I'm definitely, and we right before we started recording, you asked me how my show was doing, and I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> because like I'm not gonna get tied up in the numbers because well, I as committed. a seasoned
0: podcaster, yes. well, let me tell you how you figure out if you're doing well or not. Because uh, I've been doing podcasting six or seven years with the bearded ones with my friend Jason, and probably three or four with the Lucky like, Ten Thousand. And uh, I realized that we must not be very big because people don't tell us we suck all the time. Well, there you that's go. Getting, that's when you start getting messages and emails I about, I, keep, I hate you, you're terrible, your I advice sucks. I keep telling sucks. people
1: to send me hate mail. Yeah. I do that on my, I'm like, if you disagree with me, send Once me Once you
0: start getting those, that's when you'll that's know. You Without rise. looking at the numbers, that's when you know you've hit I will something. have to say,
1: so I don't, I purposefully haven't looked at the numbers or asked my producer about it. Because um, I committed to doing this for at least a year, no matter what. Right. So I was like, you know, we're going to it. And look, at this it. point, yeah.
0: we, even for me, it's like, I know that we have, we're probably never going to be a huge podcast. Mm. As long as we still enjoy it, we're going to do it. That's my whole thing. I mean,
1: and my goal is that my podcast will be the free resource Mm -hmm. that like, if you don't hire me, you're going to get the best of me and Mm -hmm. those little, those little snippets. But that's
0: one of the reasons why I like your podcast. And I think your podcast will succeed because you are doing something because I love the podcasts that I do, but I'm also very fond of saying like, okay, you look at the bearded ones and it's me and Jason two geeky white guys trying to be funny for an hour and a half. And it's like, there's a million of those podcasts out mm. there. Even though I think usually we're pretty decent and 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 better than a few I've heard, there's a million podcasts like that out there. The Lucky 10,000 is like, it's me. But I think mean, me. you it's... could
1: say that about just about anything, though. But I think
0: yours is very specific and very tailored oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and definitely has the opportunity to build a pretty big audience. I mean, you've got a Facebook group page for it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I wanted to talk about is you're – Your Facebook group and your podcast seem to be, generally speaking, geared more towards women. Yes. Now, is that because that's the only side that you can really identify with? Like, I'm a woman and I went Mm -hmm. through divorce. This is how I feel.
1: No. So, totally, 100% could and would and will work with... with men who are divorced, but they're just not the client that I'm speaking to. When right. I turn the mic on, there's like a particular person, you know, like a right. particular. But again, and so it also can but the apply. Group, but the group is specifically um, only women because there are many women that just, that's the only way that they could feel safe to open up.
0: Oh, that's a, okay. That's a great, yeah, that's, that's a great why angle. It's only yeah, women. Yeah, So yeah. it
1: doesn't have anything to do. And in fact, I have a, a life coach friend of mine and I'm, I think I'm going to see him next week. Um, and I really, really want him to go into working with the men Mm -hmm. of divorce because I think he would just be so great at it. And I want to have somebody that I can be like, Hey, like I can work with you. But if so, sometimes people do just want a man's perspective, you know, or or whatever. But also
0: like, I like the fact that you're approaching it that way. Cause you know, we are, whether we admit it or not, we're all very tribal. And I think, uh, for, for any, and there, there are inherent differences in the genders. There just are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really cool that you have a a safe – I think everybody needs that safe haven. And especially it seems like guys, their reaction to rejection for women or divorce and all that stuff is – Almost immediately anger. Mm-hmm. I've known a lot of guys that like yeah. like are kind of women haters for a while after they're divorced. Oh, there are
1: plenty of man haters out there too. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. But, but also a lot of
1: times with the with the inner mm-hmm. you get a lot of creepy guys that are yes. like, oh, newly single women yes. that are vulnerable. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend to be divorced and be in this group. And so I've yeah. just heard of stuff like that, and I'm just like, nah. Yeah. That's
0: that's awesome. Yeah. That, I, I, was, I, was, I, I never thought there was a negative connotation to it, but I'm glad you said that because that makes so much sense to me. Because mm-hmm. I think at one point I approached you. About joining mm-hmm. a group and yeah.
1: you're like nah. I'm like, sorry.
0: And but I think that's that's wise because mm-hmm. you do want, especially if your job is to be there to help people open up, you want them to be in a place where they feel like they can open up without really risking anything.
1: Yeah, and that's the difference too with the Facebook group versus like the podcast versus well, the podcast is a one way conversation. And right. the the Facebook page is to everybody. Right. And so the group is the place where, you know, we really have more of the dialogues mm-hmm. and more of like the, you know, people just open up more and get a little more vulnerable or feel more comfortable asking questions mm-hmm. in that But it's also in that interesting that when
0: I do listen to your show, you do use a lot of female pronouns, oh, yeah. but a lot of the stuff you say, I completely understand. Oh, yeah. and get. I don't feel out- like an outcast listening to it. I don't and, feel like I'm not included when I'm listening to it.
1: Oh, that's good. Glad to hear that. Yeah. a male perspective. I'm I'm I've only done one interview episode so far, but I've got a girl uh, I actually have two interview episodes done, but one of them's only one that's right. come out. But um a woman that I'm gonna interview soon is coming at it from the perspective because like even though I, I I'm still human, so like I'm coming at it as open slate, you know, mm-hmm. blank slate as I can, but I still have everything that society and my own experience has biased me with. And so I realized that I, my experience was a divorce that began not of my own volition. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really spoken to the women or men, but Mm -hmm. that chose to leave. Right. And they're the ones that left. Right. Whether they, whether they cheated or whether they fell out of love or whether they, you know, whatever. All right, Jennifer,
0: I get it. I'll come on your show.
1: (laughs) Okay. Are you the (laughs) one that left? Yeah. No, not really. Okay. That's,
0: that's, a, <laughs> that's a whole like, other no conversation. That. I was like, oh, not know that."
1: <laughs> but yeah, so she and I had a, a long chat. She's a she's a relationship coach now, Um, but her thing was like, you know, I just wasn't happy, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a quote unquote good reason.
0: Right. You just you can't. And your so version, your that's a your
1: whole feelings. separate. That's a whole separate thing for um, someone to deal with when it's like. Then suddenly, like, they're a villain because they've, like, messed up somebody's life. So that they're, like, you know, so I know someone
0: that went through an amicable breakup. Amicable. As amicable as it could be last year with someone she'd been with for, I don't know, six years. Mm -hmm. They weren't married, but they were in a very serious relationship. And she handled it very well. But there's still an amount of trauma there. Even if you can look at this person and say, look, something's not right anymore. I don't feel this romantic vibe that we used Mm -hmm. to have. There was no cheating. There was no abuse. There was Mm -hmm. no bad behavior. It was just they both kind of went... Yeah, this isn't working anymore. Yeah. And that sounds like paradise for uh, for a way for a way yeah. for a relationship to end. That sounds like the best possible way. But there's still it's, a trauma associated. Yeah, I mean,
1: with it's it. still like somebody dying of old age right. versus somebody dying of a, you know, tragic exactly. a, a accident. You're still upset. Right. Like it's still the like the end. This of something. huge life change. Like, yeah. You've
0: lost something. For sure. Yeah.
1: And I think that's I don't know, that's something I'm really passionate about too, with what i talk what i speak about with my clients and everything is like allowing yourself to feel shitty mm-hmm. like just know that it's gonna pass because that helps to mm-hmm. just know that that there is a bright light somewhere but you also know? not
0: to live in that shitty field but
1: yeah but but to like that's the thing it's like you gotta like your reasons like mm-hmm. if you're living so it's sort of like the difference in pain and suffering so It's okay to experience Mm -hmm. and process and feel the pain because that's productive. That's like part of the process and it's actually going to lead you towards healing. The suffering is when you're piling on top of that, all of these extra judgments and expectations Mm -hmm. and you're just sitting in it and you're not growing from it. There's nothing productive from it. And that's when you kind of like- What's weird
0: in my experience, uh, having anxiety and depression, and I'm much better about this now than I used to be. And then we'll wrap this up in a second because I know you probably have a lot of other stuff you need to go to. But uh,
1: They expect me to pick my kids up from school. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing.
0: So weird. I know. But uh, what I've realized is that especially if you have anxiety and depression, it's not just about being sad about something. It's about the fact that you're afraid of something different. So if you're Mm -hmm. used to the comfort, that blanket of sadness that Mm -hmm. you have. Because you're used to it. It's that comfy. Like, you know, you're not happy, but it's what you know. Mm -hmm. So you're used to just like laying in that bed all day and just going like, yeah, I could get up, but I'm much happier Mm -hmm. here, I think. Because change is scary. Yeah. And it's getting over that hump where you go, okay, this is going to be really terrifying, but I can't be in this bed anymore. I can't wrap myself in this blanket anymore. Yeah. So what kind of feedback have you gotten? I mean, have you heard from people that that listen to your podcast and went, oh, my oh, God, yeah. this has been helping me so much?
1: I have actually heard from a Isn't that decent the best number of people. Someone, yeah. And it's so funny because, like, I had the best one with someone who said, I kind of wish I was divorced so I could work <laughs> with you. And I was like, well, A of all, you can work with me no matter what. And you
0: didn't already know this and person. B of
1: all, I knew her through on, oh, okay, through okay. Facebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, just from the interwebs. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was so funny. I was like, well, you don't have to be divorced yeah. to work with me, first of all. But – that's like a, that's pretty cool. Like, As a
0: podcaster, I mean, yeah. one of the best – and it doesn't happen all the time because like we're not – neither of my podcasts are huge. But one of the best things, one of the best feelings is when someone you have no yes. attachment to whatsoever yes. takes the time. We've just – and we've just gotten simple. Like this one guy Facebook messaged me three or four years yeah. ago, but I still remember it. Yeah. Just like, hey, you don't know me, but I found your podcast. I really think you guys are funny, and I really enjoy listening to it. That's the yes. best – that is so awesome when that happens. Yeah. And I assume that you have, that that has to happen to you. At well,
1: some point at a lot point of times too. for me, and it's like today, um, I had someone request to join the group mm-hmm. and I have questions they have to answer mm-hmm. before they'll get approved into the group and how she heard about me was the podcast. And I have no mutual friends with this person. Awesome? You know what I mean? It's like just literally found me from the and podcast. And that right there
0: is into, a vote of approval yeah, to listen to the podcast and then yeah. immediately go, I want to join this person. But I was going
1: to say before it leaves my feeble brain, when you were talking <laughs> about the, the blanket, yes. the discomfort that's actually in a weird way comfortable because yeah. it's familiar. One of the things, so I do all of my coaching. A lot of people don't realize this. Um, you probably do. But I do all my coaching virtually. Mm-hmm. So I do it through Zoom video conferencing. Um, sometimes I'll do regular phone calls, but like 99% of the time I do it through zoom because Mm -hmm. there's so much unspoken Mm -hmm. with the body language and everything. And, um, and some people have been like, really people really want to do that? Or like, is that as good as going into the office? And it's amazing to me, the feedback that I've heard, not just from my clients, but from clients in general for other, you know, life coach friends of mine is that that was what that small step, it was a lot easier to like hire someone and sit in their own home Absolutely. and do it there where they're comfortable Absolutely. and they didn't have to you go take to an it. unfamiliar Especially place. Yes. With someone you don't yes. really know
0: you're in your house. You don't have to get dressed up. You don't yeah.
1: have to leave. And a lot of times too, like we joked about the whole divorce, like a boss, like working with, with CEOs and whatever. That's actually another appeal too, is that it's like, it takes, you can do it from anywhere. Like so, people that travel for work mm-hmm. or or whatever, um, and and it's also just like one more one less thing that they have to like go mm-hmm. somewhere to do.
0: Well, that's the beauty of podcasting. The beauty of the internet, in general, yeah, yeah, is that doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as there's a signal, mm-hmm. you can yeah. find different voices to talk about anything and everything you want to hear. And that's why I love it so much. and That's why I, why I'm so happy that you're finally doing it. great job. Thank uh, you. If someone wants to get in touch with you... Yes. hey where can they l- listen to the podcast?
1: Um, so the podcast is on pretty much everything. And it's just called
0: Divorced Like a it's Boss. It's called
1: Divorced Like a Boss. And Jennifer Connor's is my name. And JenniferConner.net is my... I thought mine. it was
0: Jennifer Morgan Connor.
1: No, just Jennifer Connor <laughs> to those, to those <laughs> newbies in my life. Um, oh, I did say, though, I was like, if, you know, God forbid I ever got divorced again, mm-hmm. if I did, I'd handle it like a boss. But... but <laughs> I was like, I'm going back to Morgan, and I've never changed it again. I'm not doing that name. <laughs> yeah, that is a theory. headache. That isn't is it? the worst.
0: Oh so, God! Yeah, you women. But yeah, so <laughs> anybody,
1: anybody that wanted shit. to find me can go to jenniferconnor.net and Connor spelled O R at the end. Everyone always yes. says that incorrectly. And then I'm on I'm on the Face Space and of all course. of that, and, and your I'm,
0: Facebook group that that, that any yeah. woman listening to this can join is also just called Divorce. It's like Divorce
1: a boss. Like a Boss, and then there's like a little tagline at the end about living forward and not looking back. or whatever but yeah divorce like a boss and yeah
0: you're good about I saying mean, things i could easily see on posters in someone's cubicle you do that well
1: <laughs> cat posters <Yes. laughs> cat
0: hanging from a branch
1: yes. Jennifer <laughs> <quote above> it. <laughs> i'm gonna choose to take that as a compliment <laughs> <laughs> part of it is perhaps least, it wasn't intended I'm so i'm kidding but i get to choose hey look i just spent the last
0: hour camera telling camera. you how awesome you are you can take a fucking joke <laughs> anyway Thank you so much for for allowing yeah. me to use your really awesome recording space to do this. Okay. And uh, uh I don't know when the episode's going to go up probably within the next couple of weeks but um yeah, we'll put links to everything you have in the episode description. Keep doing what you're doing, and if you become a huge podcast one day, hopefully somebody will find me. Yeah, just via this interview.
1: Yeah, and
0: then go. Well, this guy sucks, but or I'll have you on I it. Like. We'll
1: talk about long- We sh- we could talk about long term relationships. Oh, I was just
0: joking, but yeah, you yeah, want to yeah, absolutely do like that. To be able that. to
1: talk about like kind of maybe the differences in like how people take it, like yeah. how they react to it, and you know, I,
0: I would I would love yeah. to do
1: that. Cool.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, if you want to give us a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes, we'll read it on the air. Thank you again, Jennifer. This has been so much fun. You're so easy to talk to. And I hope you have enjoyed these special episodes. Hopefully, there's more to come. But then just as a reminder, when we do start doing Seasonal again, it's going to be about famous battles from history. And I can't wait to do that. And I hope you got lucky tonight.
1: (laughs) Me (laughs) too. Me too. (laughs)
0: Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000. Email is at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k.